0: November of 2016, it was the month and even the night that Donald Trump won the presidential election. And I remember this because while he was winning the election, I was landing for my very first time in Guatemala City, Guatemala, and I would have never guessed that the next day I would be meeting in person the guest that we have on this episode. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about that story. We're gonna talk about the, the journey that our guest has gone through. And we're gonna take some really, really cool pieces of wisdom and actionable advice from this episode. I'm sure you guys are gonna like it. Stick around to the end and we'll see you in just a second. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan. And at every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing. So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock in the a.m. and the p.m. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the a.m. p.m. podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the a.m. p.m. podcast. I know I say this all the time, but today I have a special guest. Today, we're going to talk about his story, and his story is one that is actually deeply intertwined with mine. And right before we started recording, we were kind of just realizing like the weirdness and the significance of this. Like four years ago, who would have ever thought both of us would be on this podcast talking to each other, but here we are. So uh, guest, if you would introduce yourself briefly.
1: Yes. Hello, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, audience. Uh, my name is Gabriel. I'm based in Guatemala, and I'm currently a con executive at Better AMS.
0: So Better AMS, if those of you that are selling on Amazon haven't heard of them, they are one of my go-to, absolute favorite PPC relief specialists. All right, They call themselves an agency, but I say it's a relief specialist because it's a huge relief knowing that there are smarter people than me that work on PPC. And I remember following uh, Destiny with Sean. She's been a guest on uh, several podcasts that most of you probably listened to. And following her on social media, and there was an announcement at some point, I don't know, nine months ago or a year ago, talking about bringing on a new account executive with this fine looking fellow, Gabriel. And like it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh my gosh, I know this guy, right? And what I want to do, and the reason I, I wanted to bring him on is because knowing his story and knowing like where all of this began to the point where he's working with like one of the top PPC agencies in the world. I wanted to share that story, and there's a lot of valuable lessons that we can take away from this story, and there's a lot of uh, insight and a lot of motivation potentially, and just maybe a unique perspective for a lot of you listeners from the story. So, what I'd like to do, Gabriel, is go through your story, and we can go ahead and set kind of set a little bit of this story and the fact that we know Gabriel is located in Guatemala, so Central America, and he has been an Amazon seller, and after selling on Amazon, he found a specialty, which led him to a position with Better AMS. So that's the really short version, but just kind of kind of setting the basis for everybody. So going forward, Gabriel, tell us a little bit about like how you grew up, where you grew up, and what events transpired to you learning about this crazy opportunity, which was e-commerce selling on Amazon.
1: This will probably be very interesting because I didn't grow up with an entrepreneurship mindset. Um, I grew up thankfully with my both parents, mom and dad. They both both hard workers, um, but I didn't have that entrepreneurial mindset until I was probably eighteen or nineteen years old. Um, I met a guy from my church that was uh, a business owner. He he has a uh, locksmith uh, stores, and he 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 brought me into entrepreneurship. Um, then I I got a part time job on a school. I was teaching English and I met this girl named Lou, who's now my girlfriend. Um, and I really liked Lou and I really wanted her to be my girlfriend. <laughs> and one day she goes and, and, and tells me, Hey, I'm leaving. I'm leaving this school. I'm done teaching. And I was like, what, what happened? And she was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm leaving. She, she's, she's a graphic designer, by the way. She told me, Hey, uh, I'm going to start uh, working with somebody that sells on Amazon. And I was like, Sell on can you sell on Amazon really? And I was like, Yeah. She was like, Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, you definitely need to try that because if if I do it well, it can be life-changing, right? Because you're not there, you're not uh touching your products, you're just making sure that you do the marketing well, that you do the, that you position your products. So I I, I got into it and I uh <laughs> lost like three thousand, four thousand dollars when I got started. Um but by doing that I had a chance to connect with Rodrigo. because uh, Rodrigo is the person that that uh, brought Lou into into e commerce.
0: So for those of you to listen to a lot of these episodes, I don't remember it was like episode one ninety six or ninety seven or ninety eight. I brought in Rodrigo Blanco, who was uh, did I say that right? You like my my Spanish pronunciation? I like your accent. So um, I brought in Rodrigo, and we talked a little bit about the story and history of how I met him. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you need to listen to it. And Rodrigo was a guy, the short version that wanted to. Learn to sell on Amazon and he did. And then he wanted to teach other people to do it. So he was able to find some uh, like fundraising opportunities, some investors and created this academy or this school of uh, young entrepreneurial minds there in Guatemala City that would work. What were you guys together for like six months or eight months? Something like that. It was yeah, seven, to months. L- seven months. So to learn to sell on Amazon and I think in that episode with Rodrigo, I told all of you about me flying down to meet him. And he said, hey, when you get here tomorrow, I want you to come talk to a group of people that are learning to sell on Amazon. I ended up at this office with all these young folks that were just getting started like their first week. And Gabriel was one of them. That's how I met Gabriel. And so going back to your story now, Gabriel, you skipped a few steps there. I want to I want to really get to, but your girlfriend, Lou, introduced you to Rodrigo and you were accepted into this program where you would basically take seven months of your life and learn how to sell on e-commerce. Is that about the short version of it?
1: Yeah. So I feel I got accepted. And Rodrigo told us, told us this later. We got accepted because we were the first guy that actually tried it. And then because a lot of people were reaching out to Rodrigo like, hey, uh, can, you, can you teach me? Can you tell me? We, we got started. Fernando and the other, the other guys that got accepted they started something. And we'd probably screw it, we probably lost money, but we we had a, a little proof that we were into it, right? And that's what Rodrigo saw,
0: I feel, when we when So we you actually it. tried to sell on Amazon before exactly you entered this program. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So you had tried it, <laughs> you obviously didn't do very well. <laughs> I did and then you were accepted into this program that Rodrigo's hosting and you started over. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah. I wanna I wanna understand that transition because and and I don't mean this. In, in any critical way, I don't mean this you know, like to be inflammatory, but Guatemala and Central America is for a lot of people a pretty tough place to live right Um I used to refer to it as a third world country, and now I don't. I refer to it as a developing country, right, but we see on the news all of the crazy stuff that's going on, and people are literally so poverty stricken and, and desperate that you know they're walking a thousand miles to try to get to the u s border like it's a tough place to live so That being said, I would imagine if I were in your shoes, that having like Lou having a job teaching in a school, right? And you're working on English, like you're on the track to what should be fairly stable income, which is hard to come by in a country like Guatemala. So what prompted you to leave this seemingly stable and normal, you know, professional track and say, I'm going to go hang out with these guys that I've never met and figure out how to do something that I didn't even know you could do a few months ago. Like, was that a really big challenge for you to take that entrepreneurial leap and step outside of, you know, what should have been a comfortable bubble?
1: Yeah. So uh, going back a little bit, I got into teaching English because I was looking for a part-time job so that I could show my parents uh, that I had some job security. But what I was actually doing was I was teaching during the morning, and then during the evening, I was flipping anything you could imagine, from shoes to laptops to iPhones. Uh, so that's why I had money to test on Amazon, to dip my toes and lose $3,000 <laughs> and learn a little bit on the process. Uh, so I was, I was doing everything, everything I could.
0: And I remember, can we talk about your shoes? Yeah, we <laughs> All right, sweet. So you were saying, um, you know, you got this entrepreneurial bug. And what I remember most about you is that, like, you're walking around with a pocket full of cash. And I'm like, where's this guy? Like, he didn't make this much money teaching English. And what you were doing, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but you were buying counterfeit Nike soccer cleats from, like, Alibaba or AliExpress or something. Yeah. Shipping them to Guatemala, getting them through Customs. And then you had an army of like shoe dealers, like usually like younger students that were going into different neighborhoods and flipping these shoes, yeah. right? Yeah. So you had like this little mafia, like, <laughs> mafia cohort. You're like a drug dealer, but with <laughs> shoes, and you were selling counterfeit Nike soccer cleats. Was that right.
1: right? Yeah, those were those were my my humble beginnings. I actually got started with jerseys. I don't think uh, a lot of people know know about that. I got started with jerseys and then one day i tried shoes and they had like 10x more demand and i went all in on that for like uh for like probably 10 months straight uh until rodrigo told me i shouldn't be doing that so i i, I yeah I was, so I like,
0: so you were making money by illegally hustling counterfeit shoes and jerseys <laughs> so you had a part-time job te- teaching english just to try to show your parents you weren't a complete screw up and then <laughs> You walked away from that to follow some dude that you had just met about selling something online in the US. Does that sum up your story of getting started? That sounds like me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So, now let's fast forward to like the day we met, which was like the first week of this whole thing. So, you're thrown into this office with a bunch of other students and you're you're told, "Hey, we have money basically to to give you to buy inventory. We're going to fund this entire Academy for the next seven months. Some gringo named Tim Jordan walks to the door your first week. Like what was your first week? Like, what do you remember the first week getting started in this actual true training on how to sell on Amazon?
1: Well, um, it was, it was about, it was all about dreaming. I feel like, you know, because we were seeing already huge numbers on Rodrigo's account, uh, like a thousand dollars a day. Um, and we have never seen those numbers on other businesses uh, we have had before as a group. So we started dreaming a lot and we, we were stoked, pumped. And, and, and like the next day, the, the next day after our first day, it was like, hey, do you guys remember about Team Jordan I told you guys about yesterday? He's coming over to, today. And, was, and we were like, no way, <laughs> this, is, this is really accelerating fast. And uh, yeah, I, I feel it was all about dreaming. We were not even thinking about failure.
0: And this was like 2018, right? 2016. We got started November, 2016. 2016. Wow, dude. It's been almost five years. That's crazy. All right. So over the next six or seven months, you were basically embarking on this mission to learn how to sell on Amazon virtually, right? And I think it's interesting to like just hear a little synopsis of how that went for you because there are so many people that are even listening to this podcast that have an opportunity to start a business outside of the country that they're in. And what's interesting is this is a new thing. Like 20 years ago, you couldn't sell to anybody in the world from anybody in the world or anywhere in the world. Like you were stuck with a a, ge- a geographical location, right? So this is very new. So how would you sum up your experience over the six or seven months working with these other Voyagers? Uh, that was the nickname we came up with, by the way, was the Voyagers. How would you describe that whole experience getting businesses started, learning from each other and uh, really growing individually?
1: I think it was really cool how Rodrigo set it up. So there were three different pillars on the project. One of them was uh, making sure that you had uh, a stream, that you create your own stream of income. In this case, uh, by learning about how Amazon works. Uh, So we would dive into making sure that we also build up kind of a course for the people that were going to check this stuff online. And, and we were also um, hopping into a lot of, informa- a lot of information. So we, if uh, Helium 10 would release a new webinar, for example, we would hop on. Uh, and we would watch the whole webinar, and we would watch all of Brian Johnson's webinars, and we would watch um, who, was, who was famous back then. Uh, the Amazing Seller, John Walker, we would watch all of his episodes as well, and then discuss it, and then kind of try to dig into what was really going on and how we could be successful. Um, there are other, other two pillars, which I'm not going to dive into, but still today, uh, my girlfriend and I, we have a, a minister uh, from our church where we basically coach people from all over Latin America, thanks to TikTok and platforms that are out there. And we have a group every Tuesday where we basically advise people on you know, how to manage money, how to, uh, what what career to pick stuff like that. And that's kind of how it has uh, evolved into not just e-commerce, but also helping people that are here. Um, near us or here in Guatemala.
0: So what were one of the biggest challenges or what was the biggest challenge that you had trying to figure out how to sell to uh, an environment that didn't speak the same native language as you, that you might not have understood completely culturally and that was geographically distant? What was like the biggest challenge that you think that people in a country like Guatemala have trying to learn to sell in the US on Amazon?
1: I think culture. I think we have adopted a lot of things from you guys but there are lots of things we don't know about. And these things can be learned either by movies or books or or just being on, on, on you know, following uh, people that are, uh, that can give you a little bit of, of the American culture and not just what we see from the outside. Because uh, if you have a better sense of what the culture is like, uh, what the Hispanic culture is like in the U.S., what the Black culture is like in the U.S., what the um, Sports culture is like in the US, it's a lot easier, I feel like, to choose products, to do your marketing, and to, and to really grow your brand towards that audience.
0: Yeah, I remember one of the things that we worked a lot with, uh, with you guys was keyword identification based on what people are using and not what the grammar books say to use, like in Google Translate right i remember um whether it was some of the printed products some of you guys there'd be like a weird word and i'd say no you can you can't use that word you know even though it's grammatically correct it doesn't make sense or even the keyword research so how did you how did you end up getting over that like what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to anybody that's not in the us culture the the english culture so to speak on how to sell uh, or how to overcome those problems selling in this culture
1: i think definitely the best thing is to get familiar with it so uh it can either be by Uh, Netflix series, or it can be by books, or it can be by following certain news to understand how the culture is like. And from then on, uh, thanks to Amazon, you have the chance to analyze all of the data that you're collecting through some of your products. So that that also helps. uh, It also helps you guide you through where you should go to, whether you change the size of your product or make it smaller or make it thinner or make it uh, maybe
0: a little bit more shiny. So the way this project worked with Rodrigo was he matched you with an investor and that investor was basically helping you fund, you know, your time during the educational process, but also would fund your initial round of inventory, right? And then you're going to be business partners with that investor. So how did your first product launches go? You've got some money, you buy inventory. Talk to me about how that, uh, how that Amazon business went.
1: Uh, okay. So in my case, we had uh, our first round of investment, which was uh, 10k, and the second round of investment was uh, 30k, which was 15 coming from me because of my uh, money from shoes, and 15 coming from my investor. Um, our first 10k investment went horrible. Tim, I was number six on out of seven people that were launching their product. I got started <laughs> really bad. Like I was like, okay, this didn't work. I'll probably have to seek for another job. Uh, but one thing my partner had and I appreciate this uh was um he had he had a, a truly uh he, he had faith in me as well as in how the project would work, it would make it work. So that's why we had a second round of investment. Uh, and he is, and he, he was not thinking like me, like a guy that sells on a I don't know, 10 shoes and then keeps the money from from the 10 shoes. He was thinking more like in a business mindset. And I really learned like my business perspective from this guy. Um, so we kept investing our money for for like the first probably the first two years and uh, and that's how it actually got started. But at the beginning we had we had our failures. <laughs> nine out of nine out of the ten products we launched were failures.
0: So is that business still operating now?
1: So the business was sold on March last year to uh, a holding group in Mexico. And uh, the business is still rolling.
0: And obviously, you made some money or you probably couldn't have sold the company, right?
1: I did. Yeah, we did. My partner and I
0: did. So so as you're working on this project, you're figuring out what you're good at. And I suspect that what you're going to say is you figured out that you're really good at PPC. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So the way, the way uh, P- uh, I got started on PPC was... I bought into Sean Smith, BPC AMS Accelerator course back in 2018. Um, And a door opened to me, a door of uh, big agencies, a door of consultants that were doing good in the space, that were doing great in the space. And I realized I could do that if I get a client client that was good enough to scale their sales and show up their numbers. So that's what what basically I started doing. Uh, I got a client, I got somebody that trusted in me and uh, the, the next month I was post- posting results on and and people started reaching out. And from then on, it just, you just create a snowball effect.
0: So this is really interesting to me because I see people all the time get into e-commerce and think that they're going to get into e-commerce. They're going to start selling on Amazon or they're going to start selling on Shopify or they're going to get into affiliate marketing. And what happens is that's like the entrance into this world of e-commerce, Right And where they enter, which might be selling on Amazon, isn't where they end up. I've used the example of Carl Jacoby, right? like he was a seller and then figured out he's actually really good at like prep and fulfillment, so now his entire business model is supporting other online sellers through his fulfillment center, right and that's kind of what happened to you, right? Like you sold right, like you sold products, you ended up selling that company, but that wasn't like your true gift, like your true gift was not the whole package of selling online. your gift was figuring out how to run effective PPC. Is that an accurate statement?
1: I got started um, with a few clients, but I really wanted to go to the next level. And the next level was to seek for a team. Uh, And you mentioned earlier about um, Better AMS announcing that they were hiring people. I applied like two times and I got rejected uh, until I made it to the interview. But once I made it to the interview once I had sold the company. Uh, so I think there was a conflict of, a conflict of interest there. Um, and I was able to, to get interviewed once uh, I was away from the company that I did.
0: So what was that like telling your girlfriend, telling your family, hey, I've stopped selling illegal shoes and I went to a legitimate business, which now I'm getting rid of and I'm going to start a completely different venture. Like were people surprised by now that you're making another completely huge life change or do people now expect this from you?
1: A little bit, I think a little bit um I have explained that um, I could grow I could grow myself as a consultant on my own, but it's better to be number thirteen. would you rather be number one on uh socks international ltd or number thirteen on facebook right so I'm really comfortable on being number seven eighth tenth on Better AMS because I have whole Latin America for me and a uh, teach people about selling on Amazon, about e-commerce, about PPC in general. Um, And I couldn't have done that on my own without leadership, without structure, without uh, align my strengths and weaknesses and double down on my strengths to make sure that I'm I'm following the right path.
0: So you went from selling illegal shoes to selling online to freelancing a little bit to now you're working with uh, this premier agency in the U.S., right? I think that's an incredible story what were some of the most surprising things that has happened to you over the last few years based on your journey through this like whole crazy world of e-commerce?
1: Uh going to China with you was one of them.
0: <laughs> Cause yeah. that trip oh, was... I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That trip, that trip was paid off fully by the company we were managing. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like uh, put a single dime from my pocket. Um, and uh, that, that was, that was quite an experience it was mind blowed. Like, 30,000 steps in one day. Um, crazy. Um, I would say meeting the better AMS team as well, like a month and a half ago, um, our CEO flew us all over to Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and we shake hands for the first time after working uh,
0: a year together. Uh, that was. Did you remind them, say, hey, remember all the times you didn't even want to interview me when I applied for a job?
1: <laughs> no, not like that
0: i remember Uh, well if (laughs) destin if if you're listening to this right now i'm bringing it up i can't believe you ignored gabriel's resume all those times
1: (laughs) they didn't know about me right then uh yeah yeah those 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 two times i would say uh only e-commerce and the internet has, has has made it possible
0: so what's next uh you're you're talking about you know, you're working with Better AMS now. You're kind of leading the charge on the Latin American Spanish front. There, of course, you're uh, also taking on some other. It sounds like kind of philanthropic uh, projects. You know, helping coach and coach other uh, people there locally. You're doing all sorts of other projects. But do you see yourself in a certain position or a certain place in the next three years, or have you learned? Hey, everything might change so fast. I'm just along for the ride, and I'm not going to try to plan it.
1: Uh, I'm definitely not considering. Anything illegal? If you're wondering, um, I think <laughs> <laughs> I wanna. I, I definitely see myself. I'm, I'm projecting myself as somebody that will be teaching e-commerce, Amazon PPC on both Spanish and English. Um, I see myself like that. I wanna. I wanna grow with my my personal brand because uh, good stuff comes from it. We have signed great grants just for the fact that I'm both uh, uh, a Spanish and English speaker. And it has, it has made some of our clients more comfortable, knowing that there is somebody that, that they'll, they'll be easy to talk to, easy to treat to, that I'll, I'll be able to put myself on on their shoes. Um, I'll say that. I, I, I'm really grateful to, to have found a team that, that it's pushing me to, to, next, to the next level.
0: You're sitting on a stage right now talking to a lot of different entrepreneurs, really all over the world, you know, based on our listeners. What is one piece of advice that you would give to anybody that might have been in a similar situation to you? Maybe living in a place that doesn't afford as many opportunities as others, or being offered an opportunity that seems completely random and you know outside of the norm. What would you What would you say to anybody that might be sitting in your shoes five years ago?
1: I would say, don't say no, and have a lot of curiosity. So I first heard these from. Um, uh a guy that was a hu- that that is a huge businessman here in Guatemala, don't ever say no to opportunities. If you have the chance to try something new because someone invited you to it to try it, go for it. If you have to if you if is inviting you to a class of a certain topic that might sound weird, but it's it still could make you money or it still could make you learn from it so that you can apply those skills in 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 another task, in another job, go for it. Don't say no. There will be a time like I can say no now to manage a small brand, something like that. But at the very first uh, few years, you probably want to say yes to everything.
0: And what about being told no and from other people and from yourself? Because, you know, the first $3,000 you invested in Amazon sucked. Then the next $10,000 you invested in Amazon sucked and you just kept going. And then You know, you were told no twice from your current position and you just kept applying. So what would you say to somebody who keeps getting bad news or keeps getting told no as far as uh, just just keeping fighting?
1: Uh, That's that's a tough one. Um, Definitely perseverance and resilience is important if anybody wants to succeed in life. But at the same time, you have to know when to allow yourself to not take opportunities or or. Or to tell yourself, "Hey, I'm I'm probably being called to do something else." Uh, I had I had a true belief belief that I could get things done, but I felt like I was in a process where I was probably for Better AMS, I was probably not experienced enough, and I was not managing uh, larger accounts. and it, And I came to a point where I was managing larger accounts, and I had built that experience, and then I could apply Better AMS to get accepted. But I had managed my, I had managed larger accounts in the past, I had that history. And I had the, the plus of being a, a, a successful, we would say, Amazon seller. Um, same with Amazon. I saw Rodriguez numbers. I knew that that was a good business model. We, we had to learn all the fundamentals. And uh, we had, uh, Mike, Mark Cuban has, has this quote, he says, you only have to be right once. And he's right. Once you, once you are right once, you start building up that confidence and you kind of try again, try again, until you start succeeding a little bit more. Um, and I own, that, I own that quote for myself when I go.
0: Amazing. So for a guy that uh, wasn't entrepreneurial, you claim, right? To have done all this entrepreneurial stuff, my suspicion is you had to do a lot of training and a lot of self-help and figure a lot of this stuff out on your own. So lately, I've been asking all the guests, if you had to think back to like one business book that you read that helped educate you or prepare you more for this entrepreneurial journey that you could recommend to our audience, what is that one book that you think they absolutely have to read and why? Oh, my God. Uh, my first
1: mentor recommended Rich That Poor Dad. Actually, that was a graduation gift. Uh, he 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 knew this guy knows nothing about e-commerce. He 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 has done just good business in general over, over his over his life. And he recommended me that book. But the book I like the most is probably shoot Dog from Phil Knight. Uh, it's a great entrepreneurship story from start to finish uh, and he struggled a lot uh, and it's pretty similar to what we do in e-commerce which is uh you know buy and sell physical products he he was buying and sell buying and selling on its chukas on its suka shoes uh and then he created his own brand like he got he it's like a private label massive success story uh so it's a really good book and if you allow me to add a third one uh it's a small booklet. Mark Cuban has this book called how to win at the sport of business. And, uh, and this guy uh, basically stands that business is a sport and there is, but instead of uh, going for 90 minutes long or 30 minutes long or two hours long or three hours long, this is a 24 times seven times forever sport. And there is always somebody trying to beat your ass. (laughs) So you, so you better be prepared. You better be constantly working to improve yourself. So that uh, you do not get left behind.
0: Well, I think it's massively ironic. The second book you mentioned, Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. You're recommending his book now, but you are selling fake Nike shoes only five years ago. <laughs> at <some> Amazing.
1: Point, <laughs> at some point, I tried to, I tried to, I tried to sell the, the legit shoes, but the margin was really small. So I dropped the ball on that.
0: Yeah, I keep selling the fakes. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Gabriel, it's, uh, it's an honor to have you here. I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate the fact that um, both of our lives have changed so much, right? Who would have thought in 2016 Ooh, that just by saying yes to some opportunities, things turned out the way they did. That, uh, that trip that I took down there where I first met you was one of those crazy, I'm not going to say no, I'm going to get on a plane, I'm going to go to a country I've never been to, meet some complete strangers. Rodrigo, I'd met on Facebook randomly like three weeks before and I'm like, sure, I'll jump on a plane. And uh, saying yes has gotten me in some trouble. Saying yes has um, <laughs> yeah. put me in some situations I had to dig myself out of. But saying yes has also given me a lot of opportunities I know I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And I know you're the same. So thank you for sharing that story with us. And man, thanks for being here. And thanks for being my friend. And uh, I appreciate everything that uh, you've shared today. And I'm sure the listeners, if, if if the listeners haven't gotten some sort of piece of wisdom, advice, or motivation out of this episode, then you need to hit rewind, start again, and listen to it again because you've missed something good, I promise. So, any other final words before we sign off?
1: Nothing more than thank you so much, Tim, for having me. Um, there, there, there is a lot more to dig into about these stories, but um, I think uh, we, we, we just made a great episode.
0: all right we hope so well if you guys think we made a great episode make sure to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to if you're watching this on youtube make sure to hit the thumbs up button subscribe to the channel also go over to the AMPM facebook page and like and follow it so you get notified for new episodes and we'll see you guys on the next one